Welcome to Practical Wellness Radio. This is Ted and my co-host Cody, and I will soon be joined by Julia Burridge. And if you know Cody, you probably know Julia. Today, we're talking about how to manage an injury during training and how to remain on the path towards your fitness goals, even though there seems to be setbacks, and if you're serious about anything, there's going to be roadblocks. We also picked Julia's brain about what it's like to be a woman involved in strength training and some of the stigmas and preconceived notions that come along with that. We close out the interview with 10 quick Q&As before our final segment where Cody and I um, chat about something we're pretty excited that's coming up um, along uh, for practical wellness coaching. Uh, But first, let's get focused and warmed up. It's important for us to understand that our experience facing and overcoming adversity is actually one of our biggest advantages. And I'm going to try to be as real about this as possible. So I'm going to frame it like this. You know, I, I know that nobody wakes up in the morning and is like, bring on adversity. I, I, I think you have a lot of positive people out there, but nobody's really looking forward to adversity. But if we can just shift our mindset about it a little bit, for example, let's use this. Let's say, let's say if you could take me back 10 years from now and tell me that, hey, you know, you're gonna have a cell phone in your pocket someday that you can just push a couple buttons and you can watch any movie you want, watch any TV sh- show you want, and it's gonna be literally open and streaming on your phone in a matter of seconds. Two, three buttons, boom, there it is. I would've been like, that's pretty cool, that's awesome. Like, I can't wait for that. That's gonna be like, imagine how often I'll use that. Imagine how often I'll take advantage of that. And fast forward to today, I have that. A lot of people listening to this probably have that where they can just open their phone and all of a sudden they're watching The Office or or maybe if you had Netflix, now you're bummed that Office isn't on Netflix anymore. But anyway, I think that now that we all have access to that, what kind of happiness does that really, really bring you? Being able to open your phone up and watch something on it. And I don't want to get off on a cell phone tangent because that's probably a totally different discussion. But the point is, it's there for you. You don't have to work for it. And, that, uh, and that's kind of what we need to do. I think that working for something is one of the most fulfilling things there, are, there can be. And that brings us back to what we said at the top. It's important for us to understand that our experience facing and overcoming adversity is actually one of our biggest advantages. Before we dive into it with Julia, we just want to encourage you guys to go to practicalwellnesscoach.com if you haven't yet and just kind of see what we're all about. We've got some information up there. We've got some digital programs. We've got some coaching services. Um, digital programming we're running right now is a four-week pull-up program that's available to anybody who's looking to improve their overall upper body pulling strength and maybe even get their first ever pull-up. So we have that for you guys. We also offer a number of different services. There's one-on-one remote fitness coaching or nutrition coaching. And then we also have three separate tracks um, available to you. Uh, We have a strength track, a cardio track, and then we have kind of a mixed track. And uh, the mixed track is just a balance between the strength training and conditioning. So you get both there. But uh, if you guys have any questions on that, please feel free to reach out to us. But you can find all those on practicalwellnesscoach.com. Let's get this interview started. All right, here we go. We are getting things started with our gal, Julia Burrowridge. Did I pronounce mm, that right? Let's restart. Dang it. <laughs> Burrow Bridge. Don't oh, overthink it. 
Yeah. Burrow, bridge. Burrow, bridge. Burrow under a bridge. Yeah. Okay. Ready. <laughs> and a go again. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We got our gal, Julia Burrow Bridge. Uh, Cody and I are happy to welcome in. Cody, this actually, I want to start with you, man. How excited are you to sit down and record a podcast with your two favorite people probably on earth? I don't, I mean, I don't want you to rank those in order right now, but... <laughs> well, it's a good thing Greg's not here, our good friend Greg. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty nervous, you know? Yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't wanna lose any, you know, my significant other and my, from my perspective, my best friend. Yeah. And right? my so best acquaintance, just, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, so, no, you're a good friend. Uh, no, so uh, one day you'll commit to that best friend. Yeah, um, but, it's a lot of pressure to call somebody your best friend. I'm just ask my uh, wife. We dated for seven years before I even proposed, so it's you know. Well, does does Amy consider you um, her husband? Yeah, you're like you're okay. Just making sure, like you, she, if she's, I'm just saying. I I know. I'm bad. Have you guys gotten that. past that yet? Past what? Like just the uh, titles you're saying yeah. that you and Amy had a hard time. Yeah, we you did know. actually. And she kind of was the same way. Like before I was even like, she called me her Ted friend for like years. Right. Like, I that's what I'm saying. Like so like, that's I was like, now you understand my Ted question. Friend. Yeah, exactly. Not, not, not everybody else might understand. Yeah. So for years it was like, Amy had a Ted friend. She didn't even like have a boyfriend. And then we kind of got to the point where it was like, it was like, you know, we were dating for so long and we weren't engaged yet. And it was like, I struggled with the fact, like, do I call this person my girlfriend who I've been dating for seven years? Like, because it's probably something more than that. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, and it is, but like, Does it go to like some, life partner? somebody else might have a girlfriend who they've been dating for two weeks and they're the same title. Like to me, that was like a little bit odd. I don't know. We should probably talk to our guest, Julia. What's up? So <laughs> not everyone might know ahead of time but now you probably realize julia is cody's um by far better half and mm -hmm. uh you guys uh you guys said you did a workout this morning julia what guys what uh what did you guys do well we didn't work out together oh good cody doesn't like at, to work out with at people. the same time he doesn't like when you outlift him yeah mm. well <laughs> yeah what did you mine was you just do? like uh i had some kind of recovery movements from the week more like planks and some hip stuff. And then did a little bit of pressing, a little bit of rows and some push-ups, some tempo push-ups. Smart. Cool. Very cool. I um, How long have you kind of been in into fitness, Julia? Like a long time, somewhat recent? I mean, it depends what you classify as fitness. But, uh, I mean, growing up, I did a bunch of different sports. Uh, started in like dance and gymnastics when I was really young and did soccer. Um, and then in middle school and high school, I did soccer and track. It's like my two main sports. And then cool. in college, I just did like intramurals and messed around at the gym. And then after college, started doing CrossFit and then kind of morphed a little bit more into weightlifting. And then now kind of just like more bodybuilding, trying to get back into weightlifting mm. um, as I figure out different movement patterns and get myself feeling a little bit better with my back and my hips. Yeah, yeah, that's a good transition because I feel, uh, yeah, you were you were 
really starting to get into some weightlifting stuff from the sound of things, right? And then you had a little bit of a setback. Like, can you tell us, like, how did that maybe, was it a, like a one day an injury happened and it was like, oh, this happened? Or was it just kind of like some chronic things over time? Or what, what exactly kind of happened to maybe give you that first setback? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wish it was like one day something yeah. bad happened and I knew what, what the pinpoint was. But um, kind of last May, I started getting like some weird pain in my hamstring and like my hip. Uh, didn't really know what was going on. Like I've always kind of had tight hips. Um, so I kind of just kept like working out as normal, modified a little bit. Um, then it kind of just kept getting worse. Um, was doing like some PT and stuff. But that wasn't really helping. Uh, finally got an MRI and figured out it's like some disc issues, um, especially my low back. So kind of still been working through that. There's a lot of different factors that affect it. Uh, that's been a little bit of trial and error of figuring that out. So trying to figure out what the what's helping it, what's hurting it, and trying to modify through that. And then definitely feel like I'm finally on the upward um, starting to add back in barbell stuff and didn't doing a little bit of Olympic lifting again, which is always fun. Uh, so it's been a journey. Yeah. And I, I think in my perspective too, is, you know, the journey, the journey started suddenly, right? Um, there is no specific trigger. Um, but I'm curious in terms of the process a little bit more, like what do we, what did you first do, uh, when you started to feel, kind of some something that was off like what was the first step and was it helpful was it not and what was that looking like in terms of the overall timeline yeah so I would say like pretty much the beginning of May is when it started and it was definitely a different pain than I've felt before um, I really haven't had a bunch of injuries throughout like my sports and uh, training life I've broke my wrist twice twice but uh, never anything crazy. That was soccer, um, it just right? kind of was different. So, um, probably like after a couple of weeks, I was like, this isn't getting better. Like I've tried resting, tried like a little bit of massage guns or like that kind of stuff. And, uh, went and saw a chiropractor slash PT. Uh, they were really focused on my hips, uh, which I've always had tight hips. Like I've pulled my hip flexor a couple of times. Um, and we really started like working on my hips and external rotation was really poor in my left leg, uh, which is like something they grabbed onto at first, um, but didn't really see like a lot of change. If not, it just kind of got worse. If not like throughout that, I mean, I kind of was still exercising the same, but um, it was pretty frustrating for a couple months of just like the same exact thing. And they're like, oh, it's not, you do feel better. And I'm like, uh, no, I feel the same. I like oh you're still lifting and like yeah you told me to keep lifting yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it's tough with that stuff sometimes like <clears throat> i've I, i've dealt with some back stuff too and i've you know usually vented to cody about it too and you know what's hard with that like pt stuff is sometimes it's like kind of open pandora's box like when you start plugging away and poking at stuff and whatever it is whether it's manipulations chiropractic soft tissue stuff it can just open like a lot of issues like it might feel better for a little bit but then it just things start to seize up and get tight or whatever else might happen 
And you know, it's crazy. And maybe you've dealt with this. Like there've been times where you'll have like, I don't know, just some stiffness or maybe a back spasm, something's not right. And, and then there's like a turning point and you're like, oh man, it feels great. I'm back, you know? And then you work out and you're great and it feels good. And you're like, oh, I'm strong again. And, and then, and then you take like a day off and then you wake up one day and it's awful again. It's so, you know, at least that's my experience. Um, what do you think, has there been anything, um, like more than anything else that you think you've, you've been able to, uh, like what has benefited your, your issues probably the most, at least to this point? I think the biggest thing is really drilling down into my movement patterns and what muscles I'm recruiting and movements and just like in everyday activities. Um, I think going after that first chiropractor, um, he eventually like referred me out to an orthopedic and that's when we found out it was the, um, the discs. But from there, then I did a different, went to a different chiropractor, um, who was a lot more helpful and was, went to a different gym at that point that they were a lot more helpful. But I think, um, I definitely am very quad dominant. I found out I don't use my hamstrings or like my glutes very much at all. So like really digging into like, what's the correct positioning, bracing, um, what muscles should I be recruiting? Like, how should my hips feel? Like, how should I be externally or internally rotating? Um, I think definitely has helped just move better and more efficient and then helping me move pain-free as well. I think this is, we were just joking a couple weeks ago about this is like the first time your hamstrings have ever been sore. (laughs) Yeah, Monday, my hamstrings and glutes were so sore because I did some hang cleans on Sunday. And I was like, I've never felt this much soreness. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's cool. Oh, that's that, where they are. Right. Yeah, oh, I do have hamstrings. There's a there's a gal too that I used to coach, and she was really, really strong, um, really like pretty strong female. But uh, I always used to joke that she was born with uh, ISL, invisible or sorry, IL, yeah, ILS, invisible lat syndrome. Because she like we do pull ups and she's like, no, my lats are never sore. And she had like big, kind of muscular, strong shoulders. You know, she's a real strong gal. And and we would just joke about that. And then same thing. Yeah, one time like we finally got our lats turned on and we did like a, I think it was even like a deadlift workout or a pulling workout. And she's like, my lats are sore from deadlifts. You know, like she <laughs> finally like just pulled her shoulders back and put her lats into work. And, and so that is funny. I've, I've heard that happen before. Uh, yeah. So this back stuff is crazy. I, I really struggle with that. Cody, have you ever had like any back issues or anything to relate to that? Not really. Um, I've been pretty fortunate in that sense i mean i've definitely like tweaked stuff mm-hmm. i've definitely like strained stuff you know maybe lifting things that i shouldn't have been lifting or you know doing too many reps or too much weight um and that's even that was a long time ago you know it's been eight years ago where i kind of was right. dealing with that a little bit more but i've been pretty fortunate not to have any long-term or even reoccurring back issues yeah um we see this a lot like um and again like man i owe a lot to to crossfit Cause it kind of got me really excited about like this next level of fitness. But I think a lot of times, and we maybe we've talked about this on a podcast before, but a lot of times when you're doing CrossFit, you know, these workouts have movement standards and the movement standards might be, okay, we want you to squat hip crease below knee. Right. 
And that's all that like maybe an average coach might be focused on mm -hmm. squatting, squatting low, but you might be sacrificing other positional integrities because you're just focused on one thing and that's squatting low. Right. And so yeah, maybe like Julia was saying there, you know, like what muscles are firing? What do the positions look like? And I also really thought I really liked what she said is, uh, you know, she moved on and eventually found like another chiropractic, you know, individual who seemed to be a little bit more helpful. And I think the same thing goes for coaching or whatever else. It's like, man, if you're, you're looking to buy a car, you're always looking to get like a, like multiple inputs. Like you're not just going to go to one dealership and look and see what they have available. Like whether you're, you're getting fitness coaching or you're getting chiropractic work done, it's probably smart to shop around and see what's available and what's out oh, there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like to your point earlier, you know, especially in the CrossFit world and I'm a CrossFit fan, but there are definitely some problems and issues. Yeah. The standard that they create is supposed to be a universal standard, but we're all so different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, our depth, our range of motion is not going to be appropriate in some cases, right? To meet that standard. And when we force the standard, then issues might arise over the long term, especially, right? Especially if we keep hammering that nail, mm -hmm. and right? I, yeah. And I understand why the standards are the way they are too, right? I think it's, a, I think they need them to, to, to structure, you know, their measurable, repeatable data that they have. And I think that's super interesting and super cool, but yeah, again, but I mean, you could do, you could, uh, I, I see it maybe as for the sport, I could see that standard, mm -hmm. right? Being really important because that's something else. But I think for the general practitioner, the average Joe or Jane, yeah. right? I think that standard should be adjusted. And this is one of the coach's shoulders that you're working with um, to adjust the standard for you specifically, right? Mm -hmm. To then progress you more effectively and ideally not get hurt, right? So, I mean, creed number one for doctors and coaches is to do no harm right so i think that's important and i think too is and you said this as well is explore and learn whether that's going to different gyms different coaches or different kairos or pts so i guess now throwing it back to julia what have you learned and what do you look for now when you go to uh, a new ther physical therapist or even a coach yeah i think a big one for me is just like them being able to relate to the movements I want to be doing um, or the skills that I want to have. So I think the first chiropractor I saw, I mean, he saw kind of like all different kinds of people, uh, which is great. I mean, he has good experience, but it just like relating on the level of like, I want to be doing heavy lifts. I want to be doing Olympic lifts. Um, he couldn't really relate on that level. The second chiropractor I went to um, actually worked out at the gym that I, uh, switched to, um, he was really good friends with the owner, um, and had done Olympic lifting himself competitively. Uh, so just able to relate to like what I, what I'm doing in the gym, like, is that good or bad? Should I be modifying or skipping movements? And then, um, kind of helping me understand how I can scale that back. And then also what I can be doing, like in terms of stretches and exercises mm -hmm. to get me back to that that spot being able to use the same language yeah i think yeah. is important right yeah. so just having clear communication and that also kind of pushes into like your eventual outcome goals and what you want right and not what the chiropractor or pt wants or or doctor whomever it was right in whatever yeah. scenario you're in yeah i think like just having them like noticing that they're actually listening and like yeah. paying attention yeah. to hey this doesn't feel good today or like hey this I felt really great these three days after we did this, like, 
XYZ, I think that's really important, especially because I also do some remote programming more related to like building back that, that strength and fixing those movement patterns. And I think just that communication with the coaches is definitely like, you don't always, you don't always get that. You don't always get that individualization Mm -hmm. as well. It is tough. And like, yeah, we keep coming back to communication too. Right. And it's, I've been in that setting too, where you tell somebody like, yeah, you know, I do some CrossFit. I like to lift weights, whatever. And man, when, even when you just say lift weights, right, that can mean so many different things. Right. Or you say, I do CrossFit. Like, um, when we recorded this episode right now, we're talking about, um, I did the CrossFit open workout recently and it was handstand wall or sorry wall walks and double unders right like your shoulders look better bigger by the way yeah thanks i've been kind of yeah i think it's a screen it's a nice wide screen here no (laughs) but uh (laughs) but it's like that is if you told somebody you did crossfit how many things would they think of before they thought of walking your feet up a wall and jump rope you know like that that just doesn't i mean there's so many things lost in translation there it is hard to understand and speak that exact language where you can tell somebody like, yeah, we're doing all these different things. We're mixing in some heavy weights. We're doing light weights. We're doing some repetitive stuff. We're doing whatever. Um, what, uh, I guess let's backtrack a little bit, Julia, when you, um, when you were in high school, when you were doing some intramural stuff, maybe right after that, were you always kind of in the gym, like doing fitness stuff or were you, were you just kind of like enjoying being part of a team and, and competing with the team and, and staying like fit enough to participate and do well at sports? When did you kind of like make that turn and go into like, whether it was CrossFit or just working out, what, what did that look like? Yeah, I would say in college, like fitness wasn't my focus. I studied mm. engineering, so it took up a lot of my time. Um, I wanted to like stay active for sure. And yeah. like we had in mural teams. Um, and then I, I would like go to the gym couple times a week for sure but I didn't really have like a solid plan I would occasionally like follow a plan or you know work out with friends and stuff but um nothing too structured um Mm. didn't have like clear goals in mind I did train for two halves in college half marathons um so then I like followed a program but then kind of coming out of college is when I moved to Iowa um from Ohio and so was really thinking about CrossFit but in college I didn't really have the spare money to afford across the <laughs> membership. Um, uh, so I was really uh, thinking about joining a gym when I moved, just so it was a way to meet people, try something new. Um, and then tried out a couple of gyms in Iowa. And that's when I then joined Willow Creek, which is where I met Cody. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then did CrossFit for probably three years-ish. And then... Yeah. Really, last year is when I decided more I wanted to do an Olympic lifting meet. And then just as I was, like, getting more into that, I was like, I don't know that CrossFit really aligns with what I want to be doing right now fitness-wise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you have still hopes to do a weightlifting meet? I do. I don't have a timeline right now anymore. But <laughs> um, definitely when I'm feeling – more up to it yeah we're yeah. talking like full sanctioned meet like full thing yeah that's cool Singlet. i've never done it i've always kind of wanted to do a sanctioned meet have you you did one maybe cody or no um it was unsanctioned okay yeah gotcha it was at the university <clears throat> we should uh 
we should get together sometime, Julia, and like commit to like we're gonna do one this time because I've always wanted to. Oh, you guys could do one together. I know, yeah. Wow. And, and hopefully, yeah, buddies. <laughs> you don't want to do it, Cody? Uh, my competing days are behind me, you know. <laughs> I Cody and I talk about this a lot, and I I have this inner struggle too. And and we talked about it on the last podcast with Ben too. Like I do really enjoy competing. I do. I just like I like being able to train for something and then have to be tested on it, you know, like, and that's the way I see competitions in a way. Mm -hmm. And, and, and for me, it's just, it's a little bit of like extrinsic motivation to continue to train hard too, you know? And it's just, and so like kind of all those kind of group together. And that's why I do really enjoy, I've done a lot of CrossFit competitions and I love them. I I do. I love every single one that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And then, so Julia, like I'm always interested when, uh, and you might have a totally different story, but if we're speaking in general terms, right? Oftentimes I feel like, you know, women might have a different approach to lifting weights, right? Did you ever have any like conflict when you were talking about like, okay, I'm a girl and like, I think being strong is cool and I should be strong, but I don't know if I want to like lift. Like, what did that look like for you? Did you ever have like that conversation with yourself? I don't think I did. I never, yeah. that wasn't really That's... ever a thought um, that I've had of like, oh, mm. this is, this is too much. I'm going to get bulky. Yeah. I'm always like, I've always been active and I've always like been, I'm just built a little bit more muscular, like mm. as a body type. So that's always just kind of been what I've, uh, yeah. I don't know, you know, what I've yeah, grown up you. with. Um, and I think like I contribute a lot of like my, mindset i feel like it's different than most females because just kind of the way the way i was raised like it was wasn't ever like my mom was constantly dieting or like Mm. telling me i needed to watch my weight or like restricting what i ate um like we ate whole nutritious meals most of the time um and like we're always encouraged to be active and i think i notice more like in my probably my 20s and now of like that there is that stigma that you're going to get bulky, like you need to be skinnier, you need to be leaner. Uh, And I'm like, I have a pretty firm opinion on it. And I I think weightlifting, I mean, I love weightlifting. I love lifting heavy. Um, And I I mean, I'm, I also like consider myself or used to be pretty strong. Yeah. Um, So I think I I get a lot, get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, And I think, yeah, you can get super muscular, but like if you really have the the commitment to that, then like that's your your most likely professional athlete. So mm-hmm. for sure, I found uh, I saw this on Squat University's Instagram the other day um, about what we we're talking about about lifting heavy and getting bulky. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a quote from him. Um, <laughs> he said, "Not lifting heavy weights because you think it's going to make you bulky is like saying you don't want to drive your car because you." may turn into a professional NASCAR driver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it is funny and you know, it's tough and I, I don't really run across that a lot anymore, but I do remember there like, I have a couple times. times. Yeah. There's times. And I think, I think it's come, I think, you know, weight training and resistance training has come a long ways, even in the last five to 10 years. But I remember early on, like I had, I had a number of conversations with, you know, females that were like, yeah, I don't really want to lift that much. And, and to be honest, I, now that I think about it, I think a majority of them were maybe a little bit like probably in their thirties, 
you know, like, and it was maybe just a different mindset and like, I don't know. And I'm glad to hear you say that. I think you're, you know, you hit the nail right on the head that like, I think also too, you know, from the sound of things you were in sports, Julia, to like, to compete and you like to compete and you like to, um, a solid athlete, by the way. Yeah. You like nationals to, track nationals track. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. For, it was a relay team that nah, I went yeah. to nationals for, but for what? shuttle hurdles, I went to nationals in 2011. Man, that's that's even still more has the backpack. The hurdles in there. I do still have the backpack <laughs> and a couple other things from it. That's yeah. my peak athleticism. Sunglasses. Yeah, I think I still have sunglasses. Just, yeah, break those <laughs> break those sunglasses out and backpack when you want to feel cool for sure. Feel proud. That's cool. We would Is always we'd your... go to the track and she'd bring those sunglasses with her. I'm like, what are you trying to do? Race me right now? <laughs> She's she would she to, would beat uh, me. She would beat me on some stuff. That's good. On that's sprints, good. yeah. That's cool. That's I think really it was cool. like it was like fifty or less. You'd you'd push me pretty hard. Really, that's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. I uh, yeah, and I the kind of the point I was trying to make there is like you know you've had the benefit of being a part of athletics and knowing that like this th- like my body serves a purpose to like move my athleticism forward like as opposed to like that's why I'm in the gym, right? That's why I'm in the gym is to improve my athleticism, not to like do anything else. Right. But, um, so, so then you started to, uh, get, uh, so we kind of covered, like you got into fitness through that, through sports, did some CrossFit stuff. What, uh, what else, like what else really excites you about like health and wellness and fitness? Like what, what, is there any other like sneaky hobbies in there? Like you said, as a kid, you kind of, you guys like, you know, you you felt like your your family introduced you to like whole nutritious meals. What else you got? Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I think for me, I really enjoy hiking and being outdoors. So I think even even a lot of the exercising I'm doing, I'm more kind of thinking like, I want to be able to hike like this x number of miles. Um, like, what kind of things do I need to be doing to? to do that um and i think that also kind of came from my family like we were outdoors a lot um and i think also this kind of comes back to being a female i think definitely like as a female you're told you like eat eat a thousand calories or like don't eat this and i think uh that also gets me a little riled up uh so crazy (laughs) and it like i kind of think it also goes back to like we always i don't know we ate a lot growing up i don't know Probably because I was playing a lot of sports. I ate a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you had two brothers, like, too, to keep up with. Yeah, that's true. But, like, I have so many friends who are like, I can't believe how much you eat. I'm like, I don't feel like I eat that much. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm hungry, uh, so I'm going to eat. Uh, so I think I definitely, I think just as a female, like, you think about what what kind of expectations that we have or we're, we're being told, like, you know, don't be too bulky, be skinny, don't take up too much space, like, look at your thin waist and your like xyz um and i think what's been kind of fun for me is kind of just figure out like functionally like i want to be able to move well i want to be able to like lift if i need to and like that kind of thing and then just like i want to be able to you know i want to be able to sustain myself i want to be able to kind of eat what i want but still be healthy still feel good um yeah did you find like some of this was the driver to not let that pain that you were experiencing at the, you know, last year, the beginning of last year, 
um, stop you from trying to move forward? Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't, I don't want to live with pain for the rest of my life. And I think a lot of times, especially like certain doctors or chiropractors are like, oh, you know, you're just going to have pain. Like, that's, mm. that doesn't sound fun to yeah, me. Like, I want to, I want to be pain free. Like, I want to move how I want to move. Yeah, I might need to limit myself in some ways on some occasions, but I don't, I don't want to be limited by something. I always find it, I always kind of cringe when, you know, people tell me that they went to see, and for whatever reason, but they went to see a doctor or a PT or whomever, and they were told like they can never do something again, right? And that's such a mental block that they just created for that person to get better and improve really in any capacity. And maybe they're right. You know, my stepdad's in a wheelchair, he's a paraplegic and, you know, I, I don't remember the exact context, but he, they told him that he would most likely never walk again. And I think that can be a big, and this is a, an extreme example, obviously, right? And he's, and he still isn't able to walk, but watching him kind of take that and, and maybe struggle with that a little bit, but maybe push through that to where he would, and there's this machine that he used to get into that would kind of stand him up and make sure he got some uh, load bearing on his legs just so the bones didn't deteriorate oh, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So there's some things like that, but not letting them ha- that have, have that stop him to at least try right and maybe walk again or maybe not but he's still better off for having done those things Mm. where a lot of people they're told that and they're like oh okay i'm never going to be able to jump again or to run again right yeah and then they don't try so now they're going to deteriorate more right i think that's so unfortunate yeah i think if anybody knows me like i'm like i live in the anti-world of absolutes right like i don't you know it there are really no black and white scenarios. Like it, the whole world is like gray area, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is gray. There's exceptions to every rule. There's whatever, whatever. And I think even just if somebody were, were to say, instead of like, instead of like, you're never going to be able to lift heavy again, Julia, they could say, it's going to be really difficult for you to ever lift heavy again. Like that, those are two very different terms, right? Both are maybe even a little bit negative, but one still gives you like kind of that, it, it prevents that negative block in your head that you're kind of talking about, Cody, where you still have like, okay, I can do it. It's going to take work. It's going to take rehab. It's going to take me going through a lot of trial and error to understand, you know, what I need to accomplish versus you're never going to be able to do this again. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well now what? I'm not going to do anything is usually the answer, right? Instead of like, let's be realistic. This is going to be very challenging, right? And you might not be able to uh, do this, but there is a chance that you can. And here's the process. And it might be a long process, but that's something that you have control over and you can, if you want to, uh, take on. Yeah, I think, I think absolutely. Julia, what, uh, what was there, was there a certain point where you, where you felt like, okay, did you ever reach that point where you're like, I mean, you seem pretty positive person, but did you ever reach that point where you're like, oh shit, I am never going to like, did you ever like let yourself allow yourself to really be like, should I just stop lifting altogether? Oh, I mean, yeah. And I wouldn't yeah. say like, I feel positive about it right now. Um, I've had a good <laughs> couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but I think there's been many times that I've definitely thought like, okay, I'm I'm never going to touch a barbell again. Like, maybe that's okay. I guess maybe I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it gets, I mean, a lot, a big part of it is mental. And I think kind of really over like the beginning of this year onward is kind of really just like trying to 
trying to think about it in a different way. Um, <clears throat> I think like you associate like good movements versus bad movements. Like, oh, a deadlift's going to make my back hurt. Like, yeah. I'm not going to deadlift. Or like, oh, for me, one of the big things is I walk a lot at work and I wear steel toes and walk on concrete floor. So I'm like, oh, if I get over 6,000 steps, um, you know, anything over X number of steps, it's my back's going to start hurting. Really? Yeah. Um, I suppose. So it's it's been... I've been definitely trying to think about it in a more positive way um, and trying to like realize, like just recognize, okay, like I, it's a little irritated right now, but like just because I'm doing this movement or, you know, doing this one thing today doesn't mean that I have to have pain. Um, and I think it was like a delicate balance because some people were like, oh, your pain's purely mental. Like my pain is, is definitely there. I'm not saying like pain is all mental, but mm. I think there's a really big, mental aspect of like what you associate your pain with right it can be a pre-trigger right you know and i would say and this is my perspective too is you know you have found tools and a mindset to help you progress and even just this year i think that speaks for itself in terms of hey you're starting to pick up a barbell more frequently right and start to work on these movement patterns hey the last two weeks or two weekends, uh, did a little run, which was a big kind of trigger, at least last year, um, for that pain as well. So whatever you're doing, it's obviously working. Yeah. And I think mindset is everything too, right? Like I, I like what you said there because I'm relating that to kind of what I'm going through in a way right now too. So we, we talked about like, so the CrossFit Open's going on right now, and I, I'm competing in it. I'm, you know, just giving it the old college try, right? Giving it the best I can. And, but I, I like to kind of think about, you know, there was a time in my life where I had a lot more free time. I worked out a lot more. I probably was more effective and efficient in managing what exact workouts I did. I worked on my weaknesses. I did certain things. Now, this past year, with all the challenges that that brought, right? We have two kids now working out in my garage, limited access to certain equipment, limited access to, you know, training with people, which always kind of was a benefit for me, motivated me. I thought I trained a little bit harder with people around me. But now when I'm doing this CrossFit Open, I'm kind of like, this is probably the best I could have done in the last year, really, because I, I've, some of my workouts were three days a week, 20 minutes, because that's all I had. But that's all I had, and I made the most of it. Where in previous years, where I had more time, I was like, I don't know, shitting around, doing whatever. Where you know, I just kind of was like, okay, now here's the CrossFit Open. I'm going to compete and give it my best. I'm almost kind of going to be. I feel already more proud of like the effort that I give in because I knew it was more challenging. And so Julia is talking about maybe participating in a, an Oli meet someday, and to even probably participate in it would probably be really cool. Right. Just to be like, you know, I went through a point in my life where I thought I might not even pick up a barbell again and to be able to compete in Olympic weightlifting meet and and know that I am going to do as well as I am able to do is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Like I don't even before like this uh, pain that I have, like I never had this expectation that I was going to like win the meet. Like I more just wanted to do it for myself um, and kind of just market off as something i think like as since college or since high school really like fitness has been 
kind of an outlet and I definitely want to keep improving and like getting stronger and stuff. But I, I don't have like quite as much competitive drive of like, I have to be the absolute best. Like, yeah, it feels good when I'm like the strongest girl or something like that. Or, <laughs> But it's not like the main driver really anymore. It's more like thinking long-term of like functionally, how am I moving? How am I feeling? And then kind of like, how can I continue this? How can I make this a sustainable uh, level of fitness like for the rest of my life that I don't like oh you know I get a different job and then I don't work out at all yeah. um, kind of thinking more long term now mm-hmm. well Cody has told me that uh, yeah I think you've got quite a commute for work right now and you're waking up pretty early in the morning to work out and that's pretty on some days right I think that's pretty impressive right what, t- what time do you wake up during the week to work out when you do um, I wake up by like 4 50 yeah. to work out <laughs> And but there was like for me, that's not that bad because my job when I was living in Oklahoma, I was waking up at three fifty, yeah, yeah. and I had to be at work at five thirty. So like, it's still sleeping in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. And and it's just another thing too, where you know, man, we all have, we all can. I don't know. So this this is the shout out portion of the episode where we shout out to Julia because there's people can always find excuses, right? My back hurts. I'm tired. It's early in the morning, and you seem you know you seem to be able to kind of like overcome those, right? And so again, it's just the importance of just having the mindset of being able to commit to something and knowing that it's an outlet, knowing that it's therapeutic, and knowing that it's gonna benefit you, you know, long term. Yeah, and I think like there have been times that my pain has just kind of felt very out of control. Uh, so there's like my mindset kind of just got like, I'm going to try anything different that I can, or I'm going to throw money at something new to see if that helps. Like it kind of just became of like something needs to change. So like, let's try something, see if that helps. What has and that's been... kind of like, that's kind of where I got to working out in the morning. Cause I was like, maybe that'll help like throughout the day. And then I won't be stressed about it at night, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So what has been the biggest positive? What's the silver lining? from like maybe injuring your back have you found anything like since then that you're like oh I maybe would have never tried this or would have maybe never done this if it wouldn't have been for having to search something else out yeah I think I think the biggest silver lining is just like real recognizing my body and the different muscles better um just how I should be recruiting them in different movements and just like how like postures throughout the day um you know, what kind of shoes am I wearing? Like all the different factors that go into pain and like managing it. And I think um, I've learned a lot about like just what are the different factors in my life that are stressing me out or like making it worse, what's making it better. Um, And then I think just always having that like reflective and analyzing eye of just what can, what can I change? And I think it kind of makes you think about life in whole as well because what do you have control of and what do you not have control of? And even the stuff that you don't have control of, there's still influences that you can have on it. So what are those influences and what can you do in the moment or you know, over the next month, over the next week, whatever, to make it slightly better mm-hmm. or get you slightly closer to that goal? Yep. What the pro- what's the process? And understanding when something isn't working to your benefit not being scared to say, Hey, I'm going to change this. I'm going to do something different and finding those things that do work. Is there, is there anything, Julia, you would, 
you would, uh, what would be like maybe the one piece of advice you'd give to somebody who's maybe going through, through something similar, you know, is there anything like, Hey, like, this is what I would recommend to you. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are probably fighting an injury or maybe have chronic pain or maybe just want to get back into shape, even that haven't worked out for a while. Like what's, what's kind of the thing that you would say, Hey, try this. This is going to kind of at least get you right, you know, start on the right path. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is is finding someone to help you. And I think, I mean, I've been very fortunate that I have the funds to hire a coach and to go to the chiropractor to go to an orthopedic. Um, but I think finding those people that are able to help you, that are able to help program for you and like work through everything, uh, that's that's been a big one. Of and then they're kind of also your cheerleaders and um, like your touch points. And I think if you aren't, you know, if you aren't able to have that, maybe that one-on-one coach, I think there's still like a lot of information out there. It's sometimes really hard to sort through like what's good information, but still trying to find some good resources or books or different things like that, that's, that can still help you work through it. And I think being okay with stepping back from maybe like your current level of fitness, stepping back for like couple months maybe even a a year like in the long term it's not gonna it's not gonna set you back that much it's not it might help you um even more in the future so i think being okay with stepping back and just really accepting where you're at and then thinking of that plan of what can you change and what can you do to improve i like that i like that a lot i think you know i used to explain to people a lot that um you know there's this uh there's this like climax to where shit starts to go downhill for all of us right you know father time is undefeated right at some point like health will start to diminish right and so cody and i are in the business of of putting that peak that that backside of the mountain off for as long as possible right and so if or at least leveling to, it more yeah or at least yeah exactly yeah and so when you talk about finances yeah it is hard to sometimes you know fork out the, the, the funds that it costs to seek out a professional, seek out help. But when you think about like, if that, if that backside of the mountain gets closer to you instead of farther away, like that starts to put pressure on you. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not in a position to tell people to do what their money with their money, you know, like that's not who I am and that's not what this is about. But I think if you can take that one step back so you can take two steps forward later on, and those two steps forward might not come until you're in your 80s and you don't have to live in a home and you don't have to sit, you know, somebody doesn't have to change your diaper, whatever that looks like, right? And I think uh, I think that's what we're after, right? I mean, nobody wants somebody to have to change your diaper. <laughs> but, uh, well, cool. Julia, if you don't have anything else to share with, uh, with anybody, I think what we're going to do is we're going to dive into, uh, we've been doing this the last last episode or two now. We close out every interview with just kind of 10 quick questions. Um, and so these are just, they don't have to be rapid fire. Like if, if we're going to, like if there's something that we need to dive in deeper, I think we will stop you and dive in deeper. But but just 10 quick questions to finish this off. Um, and Cody has the first one. I do. Build me your perfect pizza. Um, sausage and banana peppers. Oh, good. What kind of crust are we talking? Uh, I would say like thin or medium. 
I don't yeah. know. It depends on like where we're getting pizza from, because like it's your it's your perfect pizza. Where are we? I don't know. I'm like now we're gonna go like thin to medium. Like okay. pizza from Italy is like way thin. It's really good, but I think I'm still gonna go. You thin. need like a hearty pizza pie. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Banana peppers is a, is a solid and underrated pizza pizza choice. Cody, what's one what's one topping you want on your pizza? Not like the entire pizza, but. I mean, I like her pizza. It's what we usually get. It's a Julia special. It is a Julia special. I would add pe- pepperonis to it, though. Yeah. That's like my twist to it. Some good flavor there. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. Favorite place you've ever traveled? I'm going to say the Grand Canyon. And I've traveled multiple times, but it's always yeah. my favorite. And you've been to a lot of places, too. Like, where have you been? In terms of like national parks or, or wherever, like just your exploration yeah, I mean, around been, the world. What's, what's the closest second, maybe? Uh, probably Italy. After that, cool, very cool. I've uh, I I went to uh, I went to Venice once, and Venice is really really cool because you just feel like nowhere else in the world is like it. You know, like it's like you're in there and you're on like this little like you just I don't know. It's just so unique, and and that's kind of what I liked about it. All right. Beaches or mountains? Mountains, for sure. What's your oh, favorite mountain sure. you've hiked? Oh. Uh, probably Grand... Do you consider the Grand Canyon Mountain? Probably not. Uh... It's your mountain. You're climbing it. You can consider uh... whatever you want. I don't know that I have a favorite mountain. Favorite mountain, yeah. Um, there was... I, said, I think it's like Twin Sisters peak and yeah. rocky mountain like right outside rocky mountain that was fun yeah did you guys climb that cody and did you go no i actually i did that with my family okay yeah i, you I know, think i did i do that one is that the one i did by no. myself when i was no really that in? was like across the street but okay it was, uh, yeah i forget the name of that one yeah that's what it was that's what it was cool yeah uh amy and i did twin sisters that was like the only mountain that i ever like like real mountain that I felt like I ever really climbed. It was cool. We, you know, we got to the trailhead at 4 a.m. or whatever it was, or, you know, 5 a.m. and climbed because I think you want to make the summit by noon usually because they say often like there's all these rogue thunderstorms that kind of roll in in the afternoons. And it was cool. It was really cool. It was, it was beautiful, to be honest. It's one of my regrets that like living in Colorado, I didn't take advantage of that more often, you know. Um, what's your favorite season, Julia? I'm going to go fall, I think. Fall, pumpkin spice latte. I mean, I do like a good pumpkin spice latte. If you don't, yeah. If you don't like pumpkin spice. Or like spice the pumpkin cream cold brew, that's really good too. Yeah, I've, I'll have to try that. I haven't had that one. What's the last song or art artist you listen to? Uh, Jade Bird. Good call. You know what song? Jade Bird, yeah. What? Do you know what song? Um, I think I think it was Lottery. It's a good one. We saw her live. Yeah, uh, I haven't listened a year and a half ago now. Yeah, I haven't listened to that in a while. I have to check that out again. Um, all right. She was really good live. Really? Yeah, she's really but, fun. She's like really young and she's that music, I think British or she's English yeah, she's from Europe somewhere. Like that. that music live is just great. It just yeah. is great. Awesome. It sounds sometimes I think it sounds better live because it has like more I don't know energy culture. Like it's just I don't know. I like it. Yeah. What. What uh, what's your favorite alcoholic beverage, Julia? 
That's hard. I feel like it really depends on my mood. Yeah. Um, I would say like my go-to is typically like uh, whiskey and ginger ale. Whiskey and ginger ale. Um, or like I, I occasionally will do a good old-fashioned thanks to Cody. Does <laughs> Cody make old fashions? No, but he no. just like he would always get that when we would go out. No yeah. limits. Yeah. No your limits. <laughs> and you know, I think I knew the first time Julia kind of went on her and I like went out together, I'll say it wasn't an official date. <clears throat> that's, an, that's another podcast, but um, <laughs> we got a uh, whiskey ginger. Wait for that podcast. By yeah. The way. We got some whiskey gingers. <laughs> and I would say that the first time I ever had a whiskey ginger was when I was with Ted at a concert. Really? So here's a full circle. We're all we'll together now. Here we go. Look yeah. at this. You guys are basically together because of me. Basically. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was wow. to. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on, on Cody. What, what was your favorite childhood TV show? Um, Arthur. Arthur. Holiday just started watching that, actually. She's getting into that. Arthur. I would watch that like every day coming home from school. I don't know why. I just It was just on. Did you yeah. did you just have like basic television channels or did you have cable? I think so. I don't know. I don't really yeah. remember. Yeah. I remember too. So yeah, coming home coming home, uh, there's like just cartoons. How crazy is that? Like you just came home from school and there's cartoons on and like you just raid your parents' pantry. For it's whatever, as if like... they plan their programming yeah, around exactly. when kids yeah. come from school. It's so crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Dragon Ball Z it, was mine. If Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Do you guys ever watch? Like uh, I need to jump in on this question. Yeah. I never really got into Dragon Ball Z. I had a lot of friends that did, but I don't, yeah, I just never really got into it. Did you ever watch Gargoyles? That was mine. Oh, that's that was... a good one. Yeah, but there's only like a couple seasons. That was a good it one. was um so the guy uh so this is what's funny is so there's a character on it. Um god, I can't it's, I don't remember, but the the voice of Patrick from SpongeBob played the same character on oh, funny. Gargoyles. Gargoyles and, is a much darker uh TV show, I feel like than yeah, <laughs> SpongeBob. It, yes, yeah, yeah. But it was still was like it was like dark for a eight-year-old right you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and edgy for an eight-year-old that's probably why i liked it so edgy did but uh next question if you could only run one distance for the rest of your life how far would it be so you're in training and you want to like go out for a run you have to run this distance and is it like only this distance or could i do repeats at this distance uh you could do repeats i suppose at this distance but you couldn't yeah yeah I think I know where this is going. Okay, I, I'd, I'd choose like 200 meters. 200 meters. How long was the the shuttle relay? That was 100 meter hurdles, but like my best event in track in high school meter. was the 300 hurdles. 300 hurdles, yeah. Because it was like just long enough that you didn't have to be super fast. You just had like a, needed a little bit of endurance, but I, still uh, speed, and you had to jump over hurdles. I did track up until I think my sophomore year, I think. And uh, I tried hurdles. I, I just, um, I was really probably. I came out too hot. I was always like, I was really good. Like I was a really good sprinter in short, short, short distances. Like when we were really young and we did like 50 meter sprints, I always did pretty well at that. Or I was a better like 800 meter guy, right? And then I tried hurdles just because like we had a small team and they're like, all right, everybody, let's try to learn hurdles and. I was just the like last two hurdles every time. Like my steps would get all off and I just was terrible at it because I just would run out of gas. So like I'm pretty impressed by anybody who can 
do hurdles well. Yeah, I mean, I fell a lot, so but, <laughs> <laughs> but you learn, you you get better. All right, what's your least favorite fitness movement? Probably a burpee. Burpee. That's a great answer. That is a great answer. What's your favorite fitness movement? I would say probably a clean. Clean? Are we talking heavy clean or light, fast clean? I mean, really any kind. Yeah. I'm not going to get specific. That is a good... Obviously, if we can go heavy, for sure. Yeah. That is a good answer because a clean is very broad in the sense too, right? If you wanted to do like light cleans for conditioning or heavy cleans for strength training. But yeah, so so the, the perfect semi, you know, the, the antagonist workout would be cleans and burpees for Julia. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Or like burpees over bar. Ugh. That's even worse. <laughs> Ugh. Over, over the box. Bur- box over burpees, burpees yeah. over box. Okay, cool. We'll have to do that sometime. Julia Burrowbridge, thanks so much. We'll be back with our cool down questions right after this. Cool down question time. Info at practicalwellnesscoach.com. If you guys have any questions that you want Cody and I to take a crack at, uh, feel free to send us an email and we'll give it our best. But uh, today we actually have a question from me, Cody. A question for you yeah we've got a so we have a run club starts here and just a actually yeah i think when we're recording this it, it it'll it probably have just, just started just started yeah so tell us uh tell us about the practical wellness run club uh, i understand this is um is this the second or third year i'll let you take it away tell us about run club well this is the third year that it'll exist in some form uh this year it's going to start on april 4th so you'd be hearing this, you know, sometime after that, I suppose. And it's not too late to join. You can kind of join whenever you want. Um, but Run Club is a it's a membership-based club. It's just $20 a month. It can be either in-person or remote, depending on if you are local to the Iowa City area or if you live somewhere far off. Obviously, there's probably a little bit more benefit in being in person because we do meet weekly on Sundays, typically or at least some point during the weekend, um, and run as a group at the track. This is an interval-based running club. We do focus on shorter distances, but we do get into that, what for us at least, longer range every once in a while. And that might mean one and a half mile repeats, things like that. Um, but again, we do focus on the shorter distance. Now, again, you can participate if you're remote, I do have a Facebook group page that all memberships are a part or all members are a part of. And I post those weekly workouts on Monday for you to do on your own with information on how to approach it, rest times, et cetera. So that's just kind of the gist. It's again, the third year that we're doing this and it's grown every year. I'm very excited to get started. Uh, depending on the group and the size of the group, I'll either coach and kind of, be on the sidelines and give people feedback as they're doing the workout. Um, or I'll jump in just kind of depends on the day and what we're doing. Very cool. So when you say, uh, when you say shorter distances and then you, and then you say mile and a half repeats, can you give an example of, uh, what, 
what a workout might look like? Or do you have, I mean, maybe from previous year or, or even this first workout that we have planned here coming up? Yeah, I don't have anything in front of me. So, and, and here's the thing too is I've chosen the interval-based structure because most people won't do that on their own. And it's a little bit of a different type of discomfort compared to just going out for a jog. And sometimes we need a little bit of community. It's an additional, yeah, additional yeah, to help challenge. us yeah. drive through that um, and keep yeah, us accountable. Because you. you know most people aren't going to go out to the track and and run two hundred meter repeats or four hundred meter repeats or ladders or whatever the case no, may be. So my next my next question is: This all kind of performed at a track, at least the in person version. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can really perform it anywhere. We'll do distance-based structures. We'll even do time-based structures and we'll typically meet at a track. Um, sometimes we'll meet at the local cross-country course. We're going to go a little longer. Um, so that is something that we will occasionally do as well. Um, we have in the past also gone to some trails and done some trail runs just to kind of spice it up a little bit. We've yeah. also met at a, um, at a hill that I like to run up and down and we'll do some hill runs again, just to have some variation. And the whole idea of this again is to expose us to something different that we might not do on our own with some interval based running, running faster than we typically would. And that improves strength that improves even just our, for planning on doing more long distance running. This is a great supplement for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but the whole idea is it's meant to be fun at the end of the day. We're not competing for anything specifically. We're just getting out there. We're getting outside, getting in the sun, um, and having some fun. Very cool. And then, uh, so, so we could do anything up and up and up to a mile and a half repeat, right? Do you do any runs longer than that? Not historically. I mean, I'm not going to say it's yeah out of the question, it but what it's are probably like the shorter repeats. Do you guys, what are some of the shorter? We'll do some, do? we'll do some buildups. We'll do some 50 meter buildups. It's kind of our obviously lowest, uh, distance that we'll do. But we'll typically stay within the 400, 800 meter range. I do like to test the mile uh, at least once during cool. the uh, course, maybe twice. Uh, so again, it's going to be pretty varied. I usually have a focus um, over the course of four to six weeks. Try to build on that over the course of yeah. the year. And this ends up being about eight months long, depending on the weather. Very cool. I like check. I like the benchmark of the mile it is just a benchmark you know like right and it's it's funny you know depending on your background like a mile might seem like a really long long run and to some others it might seem kind of like a sprint you know just depending right. on your running background and what it is but it's still a benchmark right it's mm -hmm. it's uh i think it's a good barometer of kind of understanding where it is and and what's cool too and if anybody has done any of this like fitness stuff with Cody and I for a while is we like to test and retest, right? It's, it's feedback, right? What are we doing? Is it improving? Is it working? And, and, and then if it's not, and maybe the entire group's proved and it's, it's, you're the only one that hasn't, is it a, is it because of you is it because mm -hmm. we're not giving you enough attention as a coach and it just gives us an opportunity to just continue to grow and improve. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we, we tested our four, our, our very last day. Um, and we ran through December it got cold, admittedly. Yeah. But we tested our, we finished our last day with a test of our 400 meter. I am happy to say that everyone improved, and it was the so windiest cool. day that we ran <laughs> as well. We all still improved. Yeah. It's very proud of everybody. Um, and we have all ability levels as well, right? We have masters runners that are actually the fastest of the group. 
Um, we have runners that primarily focus on long distance, you know, and we're talking, you know, ultra marathons, marathons, and they crush it. We have people that really only run with us and they're great as well. And we're all just running our own race in this sense. Some of us are obviously a little faster than others and that's absolutely okay. We're all just trying to improve. So there's no specific ability level. Obviously you should be able to run. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, everyone's rocking it. That's really cool. Uh, so when you guys get together and meet, how, uh, how long does a session usually take? Is there uh, like including warm up everything? I shoot for an hour, 45 minutes yeah. to an hour. Um, when we do the longer intervals, so I mentioned the mile and a half mm -hmm. earlier, that can go a little bit over an hour just with the nature of the distance and the rest yeah. time that we take in between each interval. Um, but outside of that, yeah, generally about an hour, generally about an hour and a session will consist of warm up. So we usually just do a dynamic warm up, get the body heated up. We'll do maybe some priming, um, work as well. So just kind of getting into some single leg work. I like to do a little balance every once in a while, stuff like that. And then we'll do a little warm up in terms of just running. And then we're whatever the case may be for that day, we're then getting into the workout. And then after the workout cool. and we're cheering each other on too. So if it's not a time-based workout, if it's a distance based, obviously people are getting done at different times. We'll obviously all stick around. We'll cheer everybody on once they're finished. And then we'll do a little time permitting group stretch at the end. Yeah. How, uh, how did the run club come to be? What, uh, what got you excited to kind of start this as part of, you know, kind of the practical wellness stuff and, you know, what really, you know, I, how did you, how did you kind of fall in love with running? I think you always kind of were a runner, but then you kind of dipped and fell out of it, went back into it. Yeah. How did it get, how did tell me how, how it started? Well, I always, I'm kind of like a, my body type pushes me towards running. I have really long legs, a short torso, just yeah. kind of a, and you're pretty solid at it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. More, yeah. A more natural thing. I'm not saying that I'm like a great runner just because maybe as you alluded to a, a minute ago, I, I'm not worked on it. Like, religiously to, you know, be a, a, an amazing runner, but I can, I'm just like kind of yeah. naturally good at running without having to really work on it. Um, and it kind of came about, so the club came about because I was running on my own on the weekends. Yeah. And in a formal way, I just said, Hey, I'm going to be at the track at this time anybody's welcome to show up, right? And do these interval workouts with me. And that's what I prefer to. I, I'm rarely one to just go out for a jog. Um, mm -hmm. I like to, if I'm going to run, I like to run fast or run hard, right? Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think too, you are, you are a structured dude. Like it's hard, you know, and you want to be like, okay, this is my approach for today. And this is what I want to do, right? And so that's maybe- Yeah, I usually have like a too, goal. Right? or something, right? Usually have a goal or an intention, right, for the day. So I would go out to the track and I'd, I'd make the call and be like, hey, we're gonna go, I'm gonna go out, you guys are all welcome. And this is at my old gym on the on the Facebook group. And, you know, mm -hmm. one person, you know, Matt, shout out to Matt who uh, produces the podcast for us. He would show up every time, right? And yeah, sometimes it was just me out. and him. And then sometimes, you know, my girlfriend Julie would show up or, you know, we had, kind of they were the core and then other people would show up every once in a once in a while as well <clears throat> and that first year kind of went by and that's kind of all it was 
kind of informal, but very consistent in terms of I would go out every weekend and some people would tag along, right? The next year, the second year, I wanted to make it a little bit more formal. Uh, So that's what I did. We had a membership base. We had a set time as opposed to just kind of when it fit in my schedule. Um, Yeah. More, a little bit more commitment. Yeah. A little bit more commitment. And actually now that I'm thinking about this is going to be our fourth year, not our third. So the second year was a little bit more structured, still kind of just the gym people um, that I was coaching at at the time. And we had a, it grew a little bit. So we had maybe five or six people that would show up consistently. And then some people that were kind of more revolving door third year, uh, became practical wellness run club. And that was, so this was last year and we got bigger yet. So, and when we talk about big, I'm talking about, you know, 10 to 12 people on average each mm-hmm. month. So small in that aspect, but still a good group and got bigger last year and everyone was super consistent. I think basically the people that started with us, you know, in, when did we start April or May, they stayed with us for the full year up till December. Perfect. Right. Yeah. And that's what you want. We want to see people show up and we want to have fun and create this really strong group dynamic because it just improves the the running as a whole. Yeah. I think that's a good sign. And just, you know, people are sticking with it. They probably enjoy it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember you and I did a couple track workouts together before I moved to to Colorado. Don't, I I do remember one of my favorites that we did was, um, 12 minutes every two minutes run a 400 or no every three minutes run a 400 so you end up doing four 400s uh, yeah you remember that one it was yeah and i think we did a similar version of it on 800s probably yeah I, I thought it was 800s but maybe not oh, no. well no because i ran you would, a you would rem- i ran like a 54 or 56 yeah. 400 and that, i haven't really done that since so that's why i remember <laughs> <laughs> you're i don't really remember either I like I I honestly just remember it was pretty painful but I think yeah we're it's so funny because before we got on we were talking about how me specifically and maybe I think you said the same along the same lines when I was younger I would just push myself to the point where it was uncomfortable like it just was uncomfortable and now like I have a hard time maybe I'm mentally weak I don't know I have a hard time talking myself into like I'm going to push this hard. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, and I, you know, I'm still committed. I still do all those things. Right. But it's like, it's a little bit different. I feel like with, uh, with a few years of that underneath, you know, under my belt, I've been able to like learn how to pace a little bit and, and hopefully work a little smarter, not harder. But mm-hmm. so who was faster? You or me? Um, the longer we went, Did I the longer you? we went, the faster I, I was, but yeah. if we got like, I I may... <clears throat> like I'm not a fast starter. You know, like if, yeah, yeah. you know, and I, even in the podcast with Julia, you know, 50 meters, she could beat me for sure. And she, and I mean, that's not, <laughs> yeah. and it's saying more about her than me. Um, she's yeah, fast. She's explosive. Yeah. Yeah. Fast, she's very explosive. Yeah. That's just kind of the athlete she is. Um, and kind of same for you, right? You're always, you've always been more yeah, explosive. Yeah, you're always, you, you know, you're just a stronger guy compared to me. You're bigger, but you got more weight to move around, but you could definitely beat me in a 50 or a hundred meters, but the longer it went. Yeah. <clears throat> the more yeah, it was in I, my I favor. Feel, I know. I didn't want to misremember anything, but I feel like during the first, like the first 400, we were pretty close. Second one, you maybe snuck by me a little bit. And then I think the third one, I was like, okay, he beat me, whatever. I was <laughs> run. And so I was kind of running. 
And I was like, I'll get him on this last one. And I don't think I got you on the last one. <laughs> yeah. Well, back then, I especially, really I was really good at just locking into a fat, uh, not like a super fast pace, but a fast pace. pace. Yeah. yeah. And just being able to keep it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not quite as good at that as I used to be, but. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm still terrible life. at that. I will. Yeah. I'm still terrible at that. Like I'll run fast and I'll like table, take a couple strides where I'm just kind of breathing trying to catch my breath and then I'll sprint again a little bit. And it's very probably like inefficient in the long run. So, well, you and I both got like some long need... legs. So if we can, if we can loose our legs out, you yeah. know, and you know, I, I have such a hard time totally trotting, worked. you know, and doing a slow jog. Really? Juliet hates running with me because like, we'll start like, yeah, well, let's just jog. I'm like, yeah, sure. But my legs are so much longer than hers. Like, I'm like, I can't run I this my slow. Like the same thing. my knees she are hates. killing we me. Don't, yeah, we've gone for like three runs together in a decade of being almost, <laughs> you know, like just yeah, that's how many we've done. Um, what? Uh, so it sounds like this would be a good thing for me because I don't have very many efficiencies in my running. But uh, what? Uh, what would you have to? Um, what, what would the run club have to accomplish in order for it to be a success in your eyes? Like, what are you looking to? What are you looking to accomplish? Like, both maybe, let's say, even like personally and. And from a coaching standpoint, like I know you've told me in conversations also that, you know, you have some running goals that you want to accomplish by the end of the year. What are those first? Let's start with that. My running goals. So yeah, I think people are interested to know kind of what you're, what you're working on personally too. Yeah. So I have a few goals this year and some do entail running and, and part of it is just kind of more a holistic thing for me. So being able to do this all kind of at the same time is ideal. Yeah. I know you have something like that as well. Um, but Mine are, as it pertains to running first, is to run, once again, a sub 60 second 400. I haven't done that in a while. So that's one of my goals this year. I want to run a sub six minute mile. I haven't done that in a long time um, as well. So those are my two running goals. And then subsequently, I want to uh, do 20 strict. And we were just talking about this a little bit ago before the podcast started. I want to do 20 strict chest-to-bar pull-ups. So that's going to be another one that I'm working on right now. And then I do have some strength-based goals as well, uh, more form-oriented. So just making sure I key in my back squat a little bit better. It's always been kind of a weakness for me. And get my deadlift back up after my uh, hernia surgery that I had last year as yeah. well. So just kind of inching that back up, which it's it's kind of already there. And even not really pushing it too hard either, mm -hmm. just making sure it's nice and smooth. So those are some of my goals. Yeah, I think... I think that's always interesting. I think it's always I and to keep my weight up. Kind of, so doing all that while not dropping my weight, like I tend to do when I start running. Yeah. So yeah. seeing about one seventy five yeah. is ideal to be cool. able to do all that still. Yeah, you know. So a couple of things there. You talked about, um, you know, in this episode, the reincurring theme has kind of been like, um, you know, Julia spoke to kind of working her way back from some nagging back injury stuff. You you just mentioned that you've kind of you know been working back from a hernia. Um, yep. I think maybe yep. we can talk about that maybe a little bit more on another episode, but. Oh but yeah. I'd love to talk about like that journey every, and everybody's get into that. Yeah. Everybody's got issues that they're working towards. And I think it's cool that we're able to, I, I really think like what we're all about here at practical wellness is the very much like as much as it is a buzzword, like the holistic approach, right? We want to be able to, you know, just be healthy freaking individuals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and be able to be strong enough, you know, cardiovascular strong enough, everything when we're talking from head to toe to be able to be able to move, 
move through life and just succeed mm. and put ourselves in yeah. positions. To, I don't, to, we don't want to do worry about like having, like not being able to do something physical. Right. Or, yeah. you know, I'll even give you an example. Like I had to go to, so I drywalled my garage in preparation for winter. I went to yeah. Menards to pick up the drywall, you know, and put it in my little truck, which was a little sketchy, but we got it done. <laughs> and by we, I mean me, because there's no one back there to help me, you know, in the yeah. the backyard of Menards. So I had to pull yeah. this drywall and put it in my truck by myself, Pick and you pull. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to be able to do that. Like, I don't want to be like, crap, I can't do yeah. this. Right. And I'm not gonna be able to do everything, obviously, but if I have the ability to do something, I want to be able to apply that and, and get things done that I need. Um, and on a side note, the manager eventually came back and was furious that no one was back there to help me. He's like, I've told those guys. <laughs> he, he rolled up. He's like, um, in his in his forklift, he's like, don't tell me you loaded all these by yourself. I was like, uh, yeah, are you impressed? <laughs> he's like, no, I'm furious. You just said. They, they should have, yeah, these guys know out. they're supposed to be back here. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. Like, are you impressed? Um, yeah, but, you but yeah. And I do want to say like some of my goals for the run club that would in my eyes be a success is just everyone a enjoying it, b improving. Right. So people coming back every weekend, that's something that really kind of motivates me um, as the person that organizes it and runs it and programs it. That makes me happy. Um, Obviously I want it to grow as well, but I don't want to use that as kind of an indicator. That's kind of outside my control in terms of the, growth in some in some ways so i'm not too focused on that i know the growth will come you know over the years as it already has but yeah as long as everyone's having fun and we see some improvement you know and they're doing the things that maybe they wouldn't typically do on their own i think that's kind of the aim and the focus and the goal perfect yeah i think it's no secret when we're talking about a lot of the things that cody and i like to do here at practical wellness is is one um you know create an environment that's conducive to, to growth, right? When we're talking about improving our fitness and, and it has to be fun. It just has to be fun. And so, you know, if, if we're going to put together a program, whether it's strength based or running based or whatever we're talking about, like if you're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to stick with it. So that's kind of almost one of our first goals and no matter what we do. So yeah, it has to be um, fun. Yeah, absolutely. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you need any more information on run club, uh, you can check out the Practical Wellness Coach Instagram page. Hit us up. And that's, uh, it's not too late to join. Practical Wellness Coach. Yeah. Uh, we do get started April 4th. Like I said, this this episode might come out just a couple days before before then. But uh, feel free to shoot us an email, info at practicalwellnesscoach.com. If you have any questions about anything, cool down questions, run club, no matter what it is. But we will see you next time. Take care. Take care.